Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Electric Acid. Welcome to Transforming 45, the podcast that celebrates the incredible power of passionate voices. I'm your host, Lisa Boat. Join me in conversation with heart-led humans who share their deeply personal stories of transformation. Transforming 45 is here to uplift, connect, and remind you it's never too late to write your next chapter. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Transforming 45. This week, I have someone who is definitely not in the studio with me. In fact, Susan Jane is an ocean away in Australia. Uh, so we are in opposite seasons. We've just had a season change, and you are now into the newness of spring as we head into the shifts of fall and the transition that happens here. Uh, so Susan Jane is host of Intuitive Nature podcast and is also, um, well, I'll let you describe the rest of your work because there's a lot of different pieces to it, but I'm really happy to have you here today. Welcome. Oh, thank you, Lisa. I'm really excited to be here. And the, the podcast is called The Voice of Intuition and my oh, business is called Intuitive Nature. So yeah, all about intuition, as you can imagine. Yeah, absolutely. And it's such, um, it is such foundational work for the time that we were, that we are in for learning how to reconnect to ourselves and really listen to what is going on internally. And that is when I was on your podcast, that was a lot of the foundation of our conversation that made me interested in continuing this because there are a lot of intersections between the work that you are doing and the work that I am doing as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, it, yeah. Look, the, the funny thing is that um, I've heard people say, often say, you know, listen to your, your, your inner voice or listen to this and listen to that. And I don't really think they understand exactly what it's all about. And, and I wanted to share my story when, it, when it's time um, yeah. because I, I, I'm a bit of a theory tester. I have to test the theory. Now, if yeah. we've got a soul, if we've got a spirit, I, I want to know about it. I'm going to test that theory. And that's what my story is a lot about and why I do talk about intuition because I tested the theory. I tested mm. it all. <laughs> okay. Well, let's hear about that. So tell me your story. How did you get to this point where you are today? 
Okay, so I'm Susan Jane, and my story is is a little bit more, as I said, about theory testing. And I wasn't aware that I was a theory tester until a bit later on in my life. I went back to uni when I was 48 years old, um, and that gave me a very clear understanding of actually what I was doing in my life. But at the ripe old age of 19, um, oh, actually, this, this happened a little bit earlier, but this was one of the major changing points in my life. Um, I had gone two states away on a holiday and um, I remember we were two days, I was with my younger sister, it was two days before we were due to come back from our holidays. She'd left to go back to the unit earlier and I was heading home back to the unit ready to pack up and sort of go. Feeling a little bit down, you know, had the old body language, you know, responsible with it. And what happened was I got a tap on the shoulder and I turned around and was king hit, knocked out, hit the hit the deck, hit the concrete and came to being dragged into the back of the car by my hair. Now, this was a very, very violent um, pack rape in the back of the car. Now, what happened during this particular time is I can remember I, I was bruised and bloody and everything else and they were doing what they were doing. And I remember thinking to myself, I, I can't stop these men doing what they're doing, but can I stop them from doing it again? How can I stop them from doing it again? And I remember asking the question, how can I stop this happening to somebody else? And in an instant, I was outside of the car looking in. I had left my body. And it was really it was really strange because there's no emotional connection between your physical body and your spiritual side there's not an emo we all think that the emotions are, are driving us that that our spirit you know is the emotion driving us there is no emotional connection i sat there and watched and the way i'm going to explain this i explain it like i explained my body as she or her because it didn't feel like me Mm -hmm. So I'm outside of the body, outside of the car looking in. And I remember looking around and thinking that the world looked like, you know when it's a full moon, a full moon night and everything's got that sort of a blue tinge to it? That's what it was like. It was had this sort of a blue tinge. And I remember looking around thinking, there's, there's no one here. And I've looked into the car and you could see the side of her mouth where her face was swollen and you could see the energy. Like heat coming off the road, you could see that energy coming off the side of her face. And you could see the blood coming down the side of her mouth. But you, I remember the smell of cigarettes and the smell of, of alcohol on their breath. But I couldn't smell anything there. I, I could see where her hair, her, the, the, the energy coming out of her hair, the back of her head, where the blood was coming, where she'd been dragged into the car, and, and other areas of the body where it was damaged and marked. I could see them. You, could, you knew that they were there, but I couldn't feel them. There was no taste. There was no sound. There was no nothing happening like that. But the main thing I really noticed was there was just no emotion. It was like you were watching a movie, but you weren't attached. And you were sort of just looking at it and watching it. But anyway, the, when I asked how can I stop this from happening and I left the body, that's when I got the answer. Now, I didn't get it in a big booming voice. I didn't get it in any other way. I don't even know how I got it. But I do know that as soon as I got it, I was straight back in the body. 
And as soon as I came back into that body, everything came back in one big foul swoop. The pain from the face, the pain from the back of the head, the smell of alcohol, the, the stench of the area, the whole emotion, all the emotions, the, the dirtiness, the uncomfortableness, the, the fear of not even being able to get through this came back. And I am not a religious person. I don't, I don't go to church. I, I don't follow a particular religion. But when I was in primary school, I went to Sunday school for about, I don't know, a month. Mum decided that, you know, we needed to have a bit more religion in our life. So I went for about a month. I learned two prayers there. And one of the particular prayers, I went, this is what I'm going to say. And I started to recite uh, the prayer, uh, forgive them, Lord, for they know not what they do. And I don't know if that's a real prayer or what it was, but that's all I could think of. That was what, that's what came through. So I started saying it and I started saying it loud in their faces. Forgive them, Lord, for they know not what they do. Forgive them, Lord. And I really didn't quite understand what I was doing, but I kept on going. And every time I do it, they would hit me more. They would do something else. They would try to stop me from doing it. The hands went over the mouth. The hands went over the nose. And when it went around my neck and my throat, um, I kept on going until basically I passed out. I came to in the, on the side of the road in the gutter and had to try and find my way back to wherever the unit was and things like that. So that was the first time that I left my body. Now, I, no, I did not speak to anyone about that. I, I only spoke to a few people about the pack rape as well because I swore never to talk about things like that because I didn't want to spread any more negative energy. However, I feel I can talk about it now because I found a positive side to it. I found a silver lining to it. And, and yes, it was a horrendous time and, yes, it was really bad. But I have found that silver lining now because of the, the experience that I had. But almost 12 months to the day of the attack, I passed out at work and had a near-death experience. And this time I, I did actually, I, I remember I was, I don't know, I passed out so I don't know what I was laying on, but it felt like everybody was around me. And I remember standing up and saying, why are you still looking down? I'm, I'm up here. And that's when I just kept on travelling and I had a, this very distinct near-death death experience. Um, and I can explain all that and go through all that. I wasn't aware it was a near-death experience. Again, did not say anything about it until probably 15 years later when I read about near-death experiences. And that's when I went, oh, yikes, that happened to me. Very similar. This book I read had about five different uh, people talking about it and I could take elements out of a couple of the different ones and went, well, that's that's what happened to me. And I was told that it wasn't my time to get, get back. But I also questioned, well, why did that happen? Why did that happen? Why did these things happen? And about 15, 20 years later, like I said, I was reading about these books. I was starting to do my personal development and I read a book called Astral Travelling, How to Do Astral Travelling. And I went, okay, this is my theory testing coming in. Let's test this theory. I want to see what it's all about. I want to know it. It took probably, I don't know, it was quite a few months, probably six to eight months. And then all of a sudden I remember going down the driveway and it was like, oh, I'm astral travelling, how exciting. Of course, emotions, as soon as you got the emotions, straight back into the body. But it was enough for me, it was enough for me to go, hang on, there is two sides. I have heard of it. I had read about the physical aspect of us and the spiritual aspect of us. 
that until I had understood it properly and reflected back on what had happened, it was then that I could turn around and go, okay, we do have two sides. But what does that mean? If it, if it's if the spiritual body is coming into the physical body, the spirit body doesn't have eyes, doesn't have the five senses because they're physical senses. It doesn't it doesn't see, it doesn't taste, it, doesn't, it certainly doesn't have any emotions. Um, so how is that talking, communicating with our physical body? How do they communicate? And that's when I worked out it was the intuition. Intuition is the communication between our spiritual body or self, our, our soul, and our physical side. And that is how I got to where I am today. Thank you for sharing that very painful and difficult story. It's as I'm watching, as I'm watching you tell it, it's almost like I can watch the experience that you had of being outside of your body because of the way that you are able to tell that story. And I'm sure it took some, I'm sure it took some time to be able to tell it in that way. And not cry. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And, mm. and healing to begin to happen. And I, I, if I can sort of rephrase some of the things that I was hearing, and that is the difference between somatic experiencing in this, in this world, in this skin that we wear and the spiritual existence and the way that those two things communicate with each other. Is is that a fair sort of representation of your experience? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Now that's that's why I've gone into intuition so much because we we again we've heard that you know we've got to trust our listen to our soul and and we've got to trust this and we've got to you know with with all the the different words and the different things that we use. I, I I'm a little bit yeah, like I said I'm a theory tester and I want you to get a better understanding of it. Um, so that's why I did the astral traveling, but it wasn't until I'd experienced that that I realized what the other two were in 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 reality. That it was the spirit leaving the body, and it's it is a form of protection. You hear yes. about um, young children that have been abused in their life, and they don't remember it. It's because they take away that emotional element by le- leaving the body and allowing the body to experience it, but not the, the soul or the spirit to have to. Um, be connected to it so there's uh-huh. that detachment in, in a certain way and all that sort of stuff it started to I, I sort of wanted to know more about it I wanted to get a deeper understanding and for me it has to make sense like so if it doesn't make sense it's you know it's not that I don't believe it uh-huh. it's it's like it's got I better wait for it to make sense one of the things that um I've heard other people say is that they talk about um in the in the bible they talk about everlasting life um, and yet we all know that the physical body dies. And yet we've got this ever eternal life. And it was then that I realised the spirit side of us is eternal. It's going from mm-hmm. a physical body to a physical body. Because as a spirit, you know that you haven't experienced. Yes. So you come into a body to experience. As a physical body, we have that experience. We have that understanding and our imagination is attached to more of the spiritual realm because the spirit's been here, there, and everywhere. 
So mm-hmm. we do have this ever eternal life. And um, a lot of people can follow the Bible and go, yes, I believe that and, and I follow that. And that's great because they've got that faith. I didn't have that. I needed a little bit more proof. I need a little bit more. It had to make sense for me. And mm-hmm. now I can see that there's uh, these other things that are coming through that do make sense. And and one of them is that the spirit, our soul has gone from body to body. Um, how often? I don't know. How many learnings? I don't know. Um, and, you know, we can only imagine what I believe our soul has actually already experienced. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is this is where you get these people that can create these wonderful sci-fi movies and everything because their spirit has been there, done that, and they've brought it back in their imagination. So, um, wow, that went off t- topic really quickly. Sorry. <laughs> no, not at all. I just have about 8 million questions I want to ask you, which is the, which is the <laughs> trick now. So which, okay. line, which line to follow? So I, um, I want to go back to that idea of um, eternal life and mm-hmm. an energy, right? So the way I perceive it, the way it makes sense to me is that we know that energy is eternal, right? Like that is a yeah. that is a law of physics. And so we we know that our body is is energized by the energy of our soul. And so that's how that's my conceptualization of it, of this energy that comes in, it turns on my consciousness when I when I arrive into this physical body. And then I experience the world in this in in this lifetime, in this physical body and experience. And yeah. um yeah, and the religion component to it is really interesting. And I was having a conversation on a podcast that I recorded this morning. So this is clearly something that is like filtering in the in the collective consciousness currently, is the way religion can you be used to either provide um comfort and freedom or control and fear in yes. how we have that experience. Right. Absolutely. I totally agree. It's, it's, it is such a beautiful thing. And yet it can be like, like everything, everything has the yin and the yang. Everything's got yes. that, the ability to be positive and negative, you know? So, um, yes, I, I totally agree with you. I, I, I look, religion on, on most scales is, is beautiful, but I've seen it on a lot of scales where it's very controlling, very manipulative. And that's when I go, hmm, no, okay, I'll let that go. So, yes, I'm mm-hmm. one of those people that will take bits and pieces, <laughs> whatever yeah. resonates with me, I'm going to work with that and yeah. I'll go with the rest. Yeah. A number of years ago, I was visiting um, a mosque and I had a conversation with an imam and he was one of the most beautiful souls I'd ever had a conversation with. And he said, you know, religion is just the connection point that works for you. And when he said that, it was such a beautiful way of conceptualizing why so many different religions exist. And yet, when you really look at all of them, the main message is almost the same across every religion, right? And that is love, to love each other. And it's our human desire for control and power that creates these structures that shifts and changes that message, depending on the beliefs that you have. But I wanted to make a connection to your somatic experiencing as well, because 
So I grew up in the Anglican church, um, which has a lot of ritual and I don't attend church any, anymore, except for, um, I went to a camp that was Anglican. My children go there. It's the whole like lore of our family. Anyway, so every summer we go and the muscle memory that I have of the ritual of the words that we say of the songs that we sing when I'm in a physical, actual physical church, when we kneel, when we stand, there is um, a, a really beautiful comfort in the ritual of how we use our bodies to connect to source. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it, and it is really lovely. And um, there's areas in, in where I'm working, where I'm going with that too, to help people really connect with their, their spirit, their soul, um, really listen to those intuitive messages. And we can do it in four different ways. We can do it in the physical, just like you were saying. In that mm-hmm. in that context, that's a, that's a physical connection. Um, we can do it through uh, emotions as well, uh, mental connections, and we have the spiritual connection too. So there's these four different areas there that we we will receive those messages stronger, and we can learn to look at the other ones and build them up too. So we're receiving those messages really clearly. But one of the other things that I wanted to bring forward too, because we're talking about this side of it, was the fact that. Um, we talk about life purpose. A lot of us talk about life purpose. And mm-hmm. they seem to think that the life purpose is about the physical aspect when actually the life purpose is of a spiritual aspect. So our life purpose is connected to our soul, not necessarily to our physical body. However, in saying that, we have to, for the soul to be able to achieve what it is doing, the purpose it is there for, it needs to have the right sort of physical body to do that. Right. So, yeah. So when we, we, we're feeling like, oh, this is what I feel like I need to do, that's the soul going, you know, pushing those buttons, sending you those intuitive messages saying, go this way, go this way, go this way. Mm-hmm. And so that sort of brings me back to the question I was thinking about as you were telling your story. And that is, so we know that our physical bodies hold the trauma and Mm -hmm. we know that that trauma lives in the body and people experience that in different ways. And I think your message is one of hope that it is possible to heal that, that it is possible to heal that trauma. And my question is, how does the spirit and the soul interact with the physical body to work toward healing that trauma that gets transmuted into the cells. Ah, so well, this will be the the messages messages that you're receiving. So, if you're feeling um, majority of times, like when you're talking about the holding onto that trauma, you aren't a lot of the time you're not aware that you're holding onto it. So mm-hmm. it can be that deep that we're not aware that we're holding onto it, but the spirit knows that we are. So. They will be sending, the spirit will be sending um, messages, information out to you to try and, well, for want of another word, in a nice way, manipulate you to release it, to manipulate mm-hmm. you to certain ways, to certain areas, to, to allow it to go. And and just looking, just listening to a, webs- a web part of this website, 
just listening to a podcast is where I was yeah. going. Um, just listening to a podcast is one way of you taking on that information and and understanding it and allowing it to go through. One of one of the things I, I say to um, one of the ways I've explained it is that um, my partner and I we were talking about something one morning. I, I can't remember what it was was, but we were talking about something one morning, and then we had to go out. So we were driving down what we call the M1, the main highway on the Gold Coast heading toward Brisbane. And he goes, oh, my goodness, goodness, did you just see that? It was a great big poster, you know, your big billboards, and it had what we were talking about on it. And I've gone, no, no, I didn't see that. And anyway, we were were just driving along and still chatting away, and then something came on the radio, and it was exactly the same sort of thing. And I heard it, and I said, oh, my goodness, listen to that. That's exactly what we were talking about. And he didn't hear it. Now, we were in the same car. He Mm. saw something. I heard something. That is how our spirit is guiding us to get the help or to get an understanding. It's those real subtle messages that we're getting that allows us to go through and and help it. Now, the spirit might not be able to fix the issue or the problem. Meditation can do a lot of that. You know, we can do our body work and stuff like that. But it will also be things like, oh, I was listening to a lady the other day. Maybe she can help me. Or you get these um, understandings, like, and Lisa, you would know this, with all the guests you have on, they've all got their own way of being able to help and heal or they've all got their own way of dealing with different things. So if it's a mindset technique, if it's a, if it's a, a physical aspect, if it's an emotional thing that we need to release, we've got these people that can help us do that. But it's listening to your intuition to find out which ones are the right ones for you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, absolutely. Is that is that what you were? Did I answer the question? I'm going to put it that yeah. way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a it's a complicated question, right? When we're thinking about how, uh, because you know, the primary modality that I use for healing is grounded in internal family system and parts work, essentially. So knowing what your wounded parts are, how they trigger the body and show up, um, so that yeah. So for for example, one of mine is, um, I have a steel rod. So that's how my body perceives it. And it feels like this great, like this stiffness that just exists from my throat down to my solar plexus. And it is the part that literally keeps me upright, right? When I'm scared and when I'm afraid, the this rod activates and keeps me upright and keeps me moving forward. And yeah. so, yeah, the, the somatic parts of me, my body recognizes when it happens because I start noticing all this tension through my back and through my shoulder and I get headaches and my neck is, my neck is all not the way it should be. And, yeah. and the, so it, when that part is activated, going into self and soul, which is, you know, one in the same 
like you said, that is the place of calm centeredness. And when you feel that calm centeredness, that's where you know that you are in a soul led place. And so you can take some of that energy and give it to, I can give it to my steel rod and say, I see you. I appreciate the job that you do for me in this physical world. And I need you to give me a little space because I need you to breathe and I got this. It's okay. You can calm down. So that is the intersection of you know, soul energy and, and somatic experiencing and how they, and how they work together. Does that, does that make sense? What, yeah, what I was absolutely, asking? absolutely. So, so where, where you're going, you're listening to your body and you're looking at that physical aspect. Um, you have got a, a physical image or an understanding of it. Um, and so then you will, you will go in and you'll do the, the spiritual work on it. You'll do the other work on it um, and, and address it and go into it. So that, that's perfect. But, but you're doing that because you're listening to your intuition. Mm-hmm. If you're feeling that the, the steel rod, like you're saying, you're feeling that steel rod, if you're ignoring that, no. then you're going to be having a lot more problems. So as soon as you say, oh, I feel it like a steel rod, straight away I go, okay, well, you're using the, the physical aspect of your in- intuition. It's, it's addressing that physical side to get you to do something else. Yes. Um, some people will, will experience, a, you know, when you get those down emotionally days where they're, they're just sort of, you get a bit blue, you, know, you sort mm-hmm. of wake up and you think, oh, the sky's grey, I'm feeling blue. That's your intuition kicking in saying, come on, we've got to look at something here. There's something not right. And they're doing it in an emotional way. It, and I shouldn't say they because it's your soul, um, but it's it's doing it in an emotional way. So it's it's addressing you in that way. And it will, your soul will, will fire in different ways. Um, physically, again, seeing something, hearing something. You know, we're getting those con- um, aspects happening, the, the stuff that's happening in our environment. But, but I love how you've focused on that and sort of go, this is, this is me, this is what I'm doing, this is how I'm feeling it. Now I'm going to ask me again, mm-hmm. how can I fix it? How can I go through that? How can I, I go through it? And I, I did the same. I had a, um, I had a sore throat or like a lump you know, coming through and it felt weird and everything else. So I went to the doctors and they did the biopsy, you know, with the, they use the scanner, the yeah, CT scanner, and they do, they're going to do a biopsy. So they did the scanner first and they said, yes, there's definitely a shadow there. There's something else dark there. Um, you know, it's it's in that, that area. So we will need to do a biopsy. Can you come back in, I think they said three weeks time. So on knowing that there was something there, that there was that physical sign there, uh, I went, okay, let's get some work done. So I started on the kelp tablets. I started, you know, taking the, the herbal stuff for the physical aspect, started doing the healing, that spiritual stuff, started uh, looking at the emotional side, voicing my opinion, saying something without, you know, hurting people. So tried to open up that chakra, doing all that sort of side to it. I went back in three weeks' time. And the, I went to this exactly the same lady. It was one of my daughter's mum's, uh, daughter's friend's mum. So I knew the lady, same machine, everything else. The doctor came to do the biopsy. There was nothing there. The doctor got quite shitty, actually, because he goes, this is a waste of time. And all I could think of was, whoa, look at me go. You know, I had the physical sign and I did the spiritual work for it. I I worked on it in all those areas, the mindset, 
the, the physical side of it, the emotional side of it and the spiritual aspect of it. I worked on all those areas and it went, cleared it. And, and that's what you're saying. That's how you do it, Lisa. That's, it's gold, absolutely gold. Well, it's uh, it's not me. It's <laughs> Dr. Richard Swartz is, is the pioneer of that work. <laughs> But it is remarkably because it does those what you were talking about. It is the connection between the spiritual body and the physical body and how we move the energy through. And that made me think also, you know, when we when we tell the stories of trauma and harm that we've experienced or, you know, my question at the beginning always is tell me how you got to this place. I'm intentional about using the word this place because it's not a destination, right? And that is some of the misconception that happens around healing is that people feel like they have failed if they get to a place that they think is healed and then they experience something in life that either creates a new trauma or a new wound or, or opens up the old one. And I think the work that you are doing is important in helping us understand that it's not about getting to a healed destination, right? It's about getting to know ourselves and how we, ex how we experience the world and the tools that we have available to us to continue to, cont to do that healing work, because it's not a, it's not a one-time job. Absolutely. That's definitely the, the old onion layers like aspect of it. Um, and, and we never get to the end. And, and if we do, no, I don't think we ever do. I, I think mm -hmm. that it's, we've got a purpose. We've got a learning here and, and we learn it the best way we can. And then we, we move on and we, we may come back because we haven't learned it properly or we may come back to learn something new. I, I have no idea. But um, I will test that theory one day, but, <laughs> but um, it is, it is, it's, it's, it's never, it, it is a learning curve. Every time we have a hiccup, every time I have a hiccup, it's like, okay, well, well today's pretty shitty because I'm not, I'm really not liking where it's going, but I also know that there's something there that's stopping me. And, and I remember my mum and I had no idea what she was talking about when I was younger, but she, something would go on and, and I mean, there was eight kids in my family, so I can imagine just getting us all into one car was a challenge. But she, I remember her saying, oh, my goodness, something is telling me we're not supposed to be doing this. And mm -hmm. it was like I had no idea what she was talking about. Now it makes sense. And some of the trauma and some of the things that we've experienced in our life may not have made sense at the time, but revisit them. And one of the things with with the trust mastery program that I do is we revisit some of this stuff, not in a in a bad negative way, but in a way like I have just experienced, uh, showing you my experience with with the pack rate. You can go back into it and look at it in in a way that we can find a silver lining, a positive to it. You know, like it, it's sometimes very very challenging, but if we can look at it in a different light. That's all part of the healing. That's part of the healing of the mindset. So, yeah, it's, I don't know what I was talking about now, but, yes, it was, um, I've gone off track again. Lisa, you've got to keep <laughs> no. me on track. I keep going off track. No, not at all. <laughs> it was exactly on the track. And it actually brought me to my next question, which is around 
how do you, how do, when you're working with clients, how do you help them to build that self-trust? Because in some ways that is one of the biggest hurdles, right? So to trust our intuition there, we have to build that sense of self-trust and knowing when it is indeed, it is indeed a message from our soul, or is it something that has been triggered in our physical world that is fear-based or that is doubt-based or, um, and being able to separate out those spiritual versus physical experiences? Well, well, to start with, it isn't as easy as it seems. And I, and I am, I am meant to be really good at it, but I still have my days too. So let me put that forward first. There is times when things are close to you, there are times where you sort of go, I really don't know what I'm doing. But with with the trusting, trusting our intuition and everything else, I, I guess I, I relate it all to decision-making. When we're making those decisions in life and when we start to make those decisions um, wholly and solely on emotions, it's not necessarily good. If we're making them wholly and, sol and solely in our mental capacity, it's not necessarily good. Um, we have to, and even, and I know people that have even made them wholly and solely on the spiritual side of things, and that's not always good. We have to have this wonderful balance across all of these areas for it to be right. And sometimes it can be challenging because your head's going, oh, follow your head, follow your head, this is how you do it. And then the heart's going, yeah, but this is what I really want. Um, and so, and, and often people will talk about the head and the heart and, and the, the conflict. And I've had people say, just follow your heart, just follow your heart, it's always right. And I go, no, 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 it's not always right. No. Um, when we get caught up in that passion and everything else and we decide to chuck our job in and go and marry a 16-year-old, no, it's not necessarily right. Um, <laughs> because we're madly in love. No, no, step back. You know, <laughs> We have to have that happy balance, that happy medium across it all. So when we're making these big decisions in our lives, we even small decisions, all decisions, you know, they, they, they've got a positive and a negative to them. We've got to look at them in, in a, a real balanced way. So put that foot force, put that forward first. Sorry, gosh, I'm, I'm a little bit dry actually. It's early in the morning here and I've yeah, just started my talking. So put that first and then get an understanding that, yes, you are going to have these clashes. Allow that to come through. Now, I'm going to give you a lovely tip here. This is the first thing I get my clients to do. If they've got a big decision to make or they're not, they're not sure what they're going to do, you can go through the mental, like, pros and cons, that's fine. You can get in touch with how your heart's feeling. Oh, this one feels good. This is what I'd love to do. Don't know if I can do that. It's not going to support me. But go through all of that. That is great, not a problem. But when it comes to really getting an understanding of the answer that you need or what you want to look at, the, I, there's three things. Ask, receive, and then action. Really simple. Mm, it can be challenging to do. Asking is the first thing. Now, when you ask, you can ask through prayer. You know, you, we, we can ask. We can do it as a prayer. We can ask through anger. Oh, for goodness sake, I just want to know the answer. You're asking. You're still asking. You, you can ask through jotting it down. This is what I want. This is what I'm looking at. I've got to get an answer for this. But the first thing you have to do is ask. If you do not ask, you are not open to receiving because you're not aware that you're going to get an answer. So we ask. 
And one of the other areas that I often ask is when I go to bed, it's like, okay, I, I just want to get an understanding of, you know, what I need to do. Uh, one of the things I did do, this is another way of asking, was, you know, your oracle cards, your deck of cards? I was shuffling a deck of cards. It had one yes, one no, and then 50-odd other cards. I'm shuffling this and I'm going, I want to know a yes, no answer. I don't want this fluffing around. I need to know a yes, no answer. And I'm shaking them and I'm getting angry. I want to know an answer to this, rah, 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 rah. I pull out a card and it was yes. Now, out of all that deck, a yes came out. Not a maybe, not a be patient, think about it. Not a, oh, you could do this. It was a definite yes. And guess what? I didn't, I didn't respond to it. I ignored it. I went, oh, that can't be right. <laughs> like, what are, like, come on. How many times do I have to ask? So when you're asking, you are going to receive the answer. Now, how you receive the answer is going to be, well, that was really in my face and I still managed to ignore it. But you're going to get it in a lot of different ways. And one of the ways I, I go to bed, I ask for it. You might get it in a dream. You might get a, a little bit of a, oh, that was a bit of a weird dream. What was that about? And start to do a bit of an analysis on that dream. I often, I have my walk in the morning. I have my shower straight after that. I often get it when I'm having a shower. Close to water, you'll often get information coming through. The energy can travel better that way. So you will get these messages. Again, we're driving down the highway. My partner, he sees it on a billboard. I hear it on the radio. So we're receiving those messages and we become open to it because we've asked. We were talking about it and we were asking about it. We receive the messages. Then the third thing we do is we act on it. Uh, don't do what I do. Ask for a card. Get the right answer. And then ignore, ignore it. Hmm, not a good idea. But... <laughs> Start to start to action it. Now, action doesn't have to be chucking in your job and, you know, starting your own career. You know, it, it doesn't have to be that big. But if you've got a positive response to something like that, start taking those small steps. This is when you bring back your head, bring back mm -hmm. your heart, okay, bring them all back in and go, okay, let's, what's, what's the next step to do that? You know, I don't have to change the world. It's just one step at a time and you're, starting to action them because when you do that action step then you can turn around and go okay so what should I do next and you will get another action step and you will get another one and you will keep going and you will get to where you need to go yeah um, did that answer your question yeah that was that's a really great framework actually and there are many things that I'm really grateful that you said in there, because I think when it comes to spirituality, there's also some misconceptions where you always have to be calm and you always have to be peaceful in order to interact and get the right. I'm like, no, there are no, times where I lose my ever loving mind. Like Two weeks ago, I was having this experience where I just was, nothing is working. I don't know what to do next. And I just went into full body racking sobs. Yep. And sometimes that is necessary to move that energy that is just, you know, it's circling the way I envision it is it just starts to circle and circle and starts to circle and it creates this vortex of, you know, perpetual motion. And until you do something that allows it to transform and move through and out of you, it's going to continue to, to be there. And um, when you were talking about the cards, I also appreciate I appreciated that because 
there, there are those, when I'm working with clients, I always say, you know that it is true for you when you read something in a card and you have that physical reaction to it, like your eyes well up or your heart starts to race a little bit because it is a confirmation of something you already know to be true. Absolutely. Yeah. The magic doesn't exist in the cards. The magic exists in you. And it is just a tool that 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 like spiritual element of you that I sometimes refer to as magic is that is being reflected back to you. And then again, the point that you made about taking the next right step, the one of the biggest blocks that we put in place for ourselves is that we try to imagine the end. Right. We're always looking at the outcome and how is this story going to end? And the truth is, we don't know. (laughs) And and that is for, for our humanness. That is the challenge is getting comfortable with the wonder and the mystery of what that will be. And and really just focusing on, okay. I don't know what the end is going to be, but what is the next actionable step that I can take? And I just have to do that one thing. So, so when we do that, it makes the yes card, it makes that yes card a little bit like easier to move toward because I'm not trying to create the end goal. Yeah. Especially when the question I might've asked was just way too out there for me and I get a yes. It's like, well, wow, that was too scary. I don't know where I'm going now. So Mm -hmm. yeah, you've got to be in the right People sort of go, oh, I want to win a million dollars. You know, let's win a million dollars. And if the card says, yes, you're going to, it all of a sudden it's like, oh, what do I do? But the first thing you are doing is go and buy a ride ticket. Or you, know, <laughs> you can't win lotto unless you buy a ticket. You know, that sort of stuff. It, it's really, it's quite, it's quite funny. We still have to action it. It's all part of it. Um, I see a lot of spiritual people, they get so caught up in the ethers that they forget that it's a it's a real world here. We've still got that's why we're here. We, yes. It's to experience this real world. Um good, yes. bad, the ugly, the whole lot. But um yeah, it's it's lovely, it's lovely to see. It's it's really, you know, the world's the world's pretty good. I reckon it's pretty good. I know there's a lot of shitty bits, but there's pretty pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there is a lot of absolute stunning beauty, right? Which is mm-hmm. what which is what keeps us here and that, and we experience that beauty in lots of different ways. Like for me currently, well, always, I'm such a, I'm such a seasonal being. And I, th- I think that's my witch roots is that pagan connection to the earth and to its changing cycle and season. And at this point in time, as in our hemisphere, the leaves are changing color. And this year in particular it is the most vibrant display of color I have seen in I don't know how long. And it's mm-hmm. noticing those daily miracles and moments of nature in that case, or or connection across an ocean, or, you know, a friend reaching out when you don't anticipate it. And it's noticing those, just those small, those small moments. Because when we think that the world is awful and terrible and scary, it's because we're thinking out here in the great big yeah. wide. And when yeah. we bring it back into ourselves and what we are actually able to perceive, to really perceive, be part of and connect with, we can breathe a little bit more. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. 
Yes. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being here today. This was a very powerful conversation. Again, thank you so much for your honesty and your vulnerability. And I will make sure that um, all of your information is in the show notes. So anyone who wants to can connect with you. And thank you so much for being here today. Uh, thank you for having me on the show. And if, they, if people do want to know about their intuitive nature, I've got a little quiz on my uh, website, intuitivenature.com.au. It's Australian business. So it's got to have the AU in it. Um, yeah. But, yeah, in, in there you can jump on and it's a free quiz. Just jump in and find out which you're the strongest at. Um, and then you can get an understanding of how you can build up the other other areas as well. So, but thank you so much for having me on the show. I loved it, Lisa. It was great. Thank you. Yeah, it was really fun. And I will be sure to put the link to that because who doesn't love a quiz, right? We all <laughs> love a quiz. So the link and to that will freebie. be below. You don't even have to give me your email. It's a freebie <laughs> all the way through. Amazing. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. No worries. Thank you. Thank you for joining me on this transformative journey. Your support means the world. If you resonated with our conversation and want to uplift the Transforming 45 community, here's what you can do. Connect with me about how you can reclaim your own magic. Check the show notes for all the ways you can find me. Subscribe and share. Hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And if you found value here, share it with friends, family, and anyone seeking inspiration. Leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. Your words can make a significant impact and help others find their way to these transformative stories. Join the conversation on social media platforms. Follow us on Instagram at LBoat. You can also find me on Facebook and TikTok. And if you know someone whose story could inspire others, reach out and let me know. I love connecting with diverse voices that carry the power to transform lives. Remember, your support fuels my mission to share authentic stories of transformation. Thank you for being part of the Transforming 45 family. Until next time, keep shining your light and embracing your journey. Are you passionate about saving the planet for future generations? Do you want to learn how to do it? If yes, then you need to tune in to the Nature Back podcast. It's a talk show covering the changing world around us. From renewable energy, sustainable agriculture, circular economy, to ESG and social innovation. Don't miss this opportunity to discover how you can join the movement and make a difference. Subscribe to the Nature Back podcast today on your favorite platform and get ready to be amazed. Have you ever wondered what actually happens in Congress every day? Stay informed on Capitol Hill's daily happenings with a concise, factual summary of the Senate and House of Representatives activities from the previous session, free from bias, on the Congressional Record Daily Digest podcast. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and discover the process from the heart of U.S. politics. 
the Congressional Record Daily Digest, an Electric Cast production.